welcome to the Grace Point Church Podcast. I'm James Hicks. In this episode, Pastor Ben Hill continues his sermon series, Church That Matters, Being Christ to Our Community. The first sermon in the series was entitled, Established in Christ, from Acts 4, 23-37. And the second sermon in the series was entitled, Engaged in Christ, from Acts 16, 4-10. And now, here's Pastor Ben in sermon number three in the series, Church That Matters, Being Christ to Our Community. Let's listen in. Church Unexpected. What are we looking at? We've been looking over the last two weeks, now this is the third week, of becoming and being a church that matters. You know, it's one of those it's one of those questions. I remember when I uh, first uh, became a, a senior pastor in I was in Lockhart, South Carolina, and we went to and I was invited to go to the associational for the Union County Baptist Association associational meeting. And they were going to had a planning meeting. And so we were we were gone. We went to this retreat center and we stayed there overnight and we had this two day thing. We we're all we we're all talking about the association and, you know, just visioning and, you know, vision casting and that kind of thing. We sat there through the whole evening, and I listened to everybody. Remember, I, I was brand new to this thing, so I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Still don't most of the time, but anyway. Um, and so then the next day, we went through all the morning session and everything, and then we were getting ready to have the, uh, you know, the afternoon break. And, and, and the moderator, or the, the director of missions for the uh, association, said, uh, I, I, you know, I, w- I appreciate Ben coming here, you brand new pastor in our association, glad you're, you're here, w- what, what, you know, can you give us some input, what do you, you know, what, what have you heard so far, and, and I, I looked at him, and I said, well, I, I don't want to be unkind, or, or, or anything, but, but I'm, I'm really kind of confused, and he looked at me and he said, you're confused. And I said, yeah. I said, I've been listening all night last night and all morning this morning. And, and, uh, and, and I'm really hearing a lot of talk, but I'm not understanding really what the difference is between what we're talking about and what we as the church, an individual church, I- is charged to do, you know? I mean, what's what? Why? I don't understand. And and he said, well, can you explain further? And I said, well, I just OK, let me ask it this way. Let me tell you this way. I'll a- I'll answer with a question. I said, if the Union County Baptist Association ceased to exist tomorrow. What difference would it make to Union County? Um. And like I said, I wasn't trying to be unkind. I just, I wasn't hearing a lot. He paused and he said, well, let's take a 15-minute break and then let's come back and let's discuss that question. And we proceeded to actually even stay a little bit longer. (laughs) Debbie remembers this. Stay a little bit longer and totally scrapped everything that had been done and we really focused in on honed in what are we going to do in other words what impact to the community and the kingdom of god was going to be enhanced because we had chosen to come together in a cooperative spirit what difference would it make 
Well, I think we need to ask ourselves that question continually. Number one, individually as a believer, if I were to be removed from my current sphere of influence and the Christian witness that I am were to be removed from my current setting, what difference for the kingdom of God would there be made? And number two, if we as a people, as a body, as a church were removed, what difference would it make? I know dramatically it would make a, in, a, a deep impact and difference to our lives, yes? But in the community. Well, I believe that we have established a beginning to where we are, we, we are becoming an expected part of the community, if that makes sense. Um, I had somebody come this week, and, and they are looking to, to launch a, a new church, and... A, and um, and, and they came and they asked, would we consider allowing them to rent our facilities and some off times and stuff like that because they know that we're here and, and they would like to be able to, um, to continue reaching a different, a different, uh, a different group of people. And, uh, and so that's, that's a thought. And so we're praying through that and, and thinking of that. But so I think we'd make a difference. It would make a difference if we were gone. But my prayer is that as we're looking at this series and we're looking at these messages, my prayer is that it would begin to hone us to such a point that we genuinely do consider whether or not we are or will be or can be or desire to be a church that matters, one that makes a difference. Amen? So what does it mean to be a church that matters? Are we ready? Church that matters, being Christ to our community. We looked at the first one and we first sermon and we looked at we are established in Christ. And we talked about the fact that that he is the foundation. He is the basis. In other words, if we're going to be a church that matters, then we don't need to be a country club. We don't need to be a, a societal group. We don't need to to have as our background and our hope and our platform anything other than the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. He is the rock and upon this rock, he'll build his church. So we need to be established in Christ. Secondly, we need to be engaged by Christ. In other words, we need to be willing to be used by him and to be involved in the process of serving him. And, and you know, in order to be a minister to the community, it means we have to be in the community, right? In other words, we need to be willing to get outside the walls and be the church beyond the walls and the door was in a church one time and they had a sign over the door and it said, caution, you are now entering the mission field on the inside of the door as you walked out. We are being the church when we leave here. Somebody say amen. So we need to be engaged in Christ. Okay, and third, message number three, identified by Christ. This has been fun. Um, when you're looking at this message, God has led me to about three different passages of Scripture to go from, and I kept going back and forth, back and forth. Settled on this one. I believe it's what God would have us to look at. Identified by Christ. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Revelation chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants, the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John 
The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants, the things that must soon take place. I did that twice. Hello, hallelujah. Um, verse 2, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I don't know about you, but I can't read the first cha four chapters of the book of Revelation without getting excited. Amen. I mean, there's just something, woo-hoo, it's big stuff, right? So now, let's look at this from this perspective. Identified by Christ. I've got a question. Who is the church? We are the church. But let's define it. In the Greek and in the text, in the, in, when it's translated church, it comes from a Greek word that's the ekklesia. The ekklesia are the called out ones. In other words, we have called out from among them as children of God. We have been born again. Have you been born again this morning? Okay, we have three people in the room that are believers. The rest of us, I don't know who we are or what we are. Has anybody here born again saved by the grace of God? Okay, finally, oh, I'm thinking, okay, now I feel better. All right, the ecclesia, the called out ones, but not just called out called out to serve the Lord. Kind of goes in line with what Ron was talking about this morning. There are opportunities to serve. Listen, it's not just about saying, oh, I'm saved, I got my fire insurance, I'll sit in the pew and be happy, 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 and I'll go to heaven when I die. All that may be true, but there's so much more to this thing called the Christian experience and so much more to being a part of and being the church. And there's so many more opportunities and blessings that come when we are willing to serve. So the church or the called out ones, the ecclesia, called out to serve the Lord. We are the bride of Christ. Wow. I don't know about you, but that is an incredible picture to me. The bride of Christ. He looks at us the way a groom looks at his bride on his wedding day. That's pretty awesome, right? We are the bride of Christ, identified by and in him. So what does that mean? What it means is I believe that we as the church, if we're going to be, we're going to matter. And we're going to be Christ in our community then we are to be his revelation of himself to the world today. God revealed himself in the person of his son, right? He revealed himself through the authoring, the breathing, and the delivering of his word, yes? 
So his word is the revelation of himself. And in by the same token, we are his bride, his church. We are to reveal him. We are to represent him, represent him to the world today. So we're to be his revelation of himself to the world today. So how do we see that? And how does that play out in this passage of scripture? Well, I'm excited to get to it. Are you ready? Yeah? Is it okay? Can I go on? Woohoo! All right, we got permission. You ready? The church that matters is the one that recognizes Jesus as, number one, the blessing of the church. The blessing of the church. In other words, we need to recognize that Jesus is the blessing. <coughs> the, the worship is not the blessing. The uh, preaching is not the blessing. The fellowship is not the blessing. The facility is not the blessing. Are you with me? Jesus is the blessing of the church. Verse chapter 1, verse 4. John to the seven churches who are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits, the Holy Spirit, who are before his throne. Now watch this. Always present tense. He is. Peace from him who, who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are around or before his throne. So what we need to understand is there's always the present tense. Jesus always is. The substance of the blessing that is Jesus. What is the substance? And then the source of the blessing. The substance is he is himself the blessing. Who is and who was and who is to come. If you were to take this whole passage and put Jesus and then write those words, you would pretty much clarify the thought and the purpose and the reason for the whole book of Revelation. It is to reveal who is, who was, and who is to come. Jesus is God, the I am. He is always in the present tense. And it's the substance of the blessing and the source of the blessing. In other words, if we are going to be a blessing to the community, we need not look any further than Jesus Christ himself. As a matter of fact, we can't add anything to him to be more of a blessing. Can I get a witness? We are his, he is the blessing, and he is the one that we need to present. He's the substance, and he's also the source. God the Father, God the Spirit, and God the Son, the triune Godhead, that is who we represent to the community around us. He is the blessing of the church, this church and all the church, and we are identified by him and him alone. God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? So in other words, we need to be identified by him as the blessing of the church. And then secondly, not only the blessing of the church, but then number two, the brokenness of the church. Now watch this. We've got to be careful here. Are you with me? What does the scripture say? It says, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Notice in the middle of that, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his 
blood. The brokenness of the church. This is in past tense. So we have Jesus who is, who was, and is to come. Jesus, the I am, the God, the God, the I am, always in the present tense. And now we look at the blessing as the brokenness of the church is Christ himself, and it's in the past tense. In other words, the brokenness of Jesus for the church. Are you with me? We would not be children of God had Jesus not offered himself as a sacrifice for the sins of man. Right? We would not know the glory of heaven if Jesus had not offered himself as a sacrifice, being willing to be broken for you and for me. Isaiah 53, 5, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Okay, so the brokenness of Christ. We need to understand that Jesus Christ was broken for you and for me. You remember last week when we, we, took, we partake, partook of the, how do you, what do you say? Is it per, protect? No, poor. When we, did, when we did the Lord's Supper. <laughs> huh? Partook. When we partook, not partake, partaked, partook of the Lord's Supper. Remember what I was talking about? This is my body which was broken for you, Jesus said. Eat all of it, right? So he was broken for us. The brokenness of the church is Jesus Christ himself. But hold on, there's something coming later. Are you ready? Are you, save your fork, the best is yet to come, right? Here it comes. So the past tense, in other words, the brokenness of the church is Jesus Christ himself. He was pierced for you, he was pierced for me. He was crushed for our iniquities. So we see the blessing of the church, the brokenness of the church, and then number three, I want us to notice the beholding of the church. You say, what in the world, the beholding? Well, if you look at the, at the scripture here in uh, verses 1 through 7, it says, behold. I love that word. What does behold mean? Take notice. That's a good way to describe it. But what else? It means to take notice. Why? Well, I, I envision this. Take notice because it's important, but also it's a spectacle. Right? In other words, when I hear the word behold, I think of the behold, right? Something big, something, something awesome. Take notice, watch, see, look at this. It's a big deal. So behold, he is coming with the clouds. And every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. And here's when he says this great, great statement. I am the Alpha and the Omega. What does that mean? <coughs> the beginning and the end. Why do we say that means the beginning and the end? Because in the Greek language, right, those are letters in the Greek alphabet. Happens to be the A and the Z, right? The first and the, and the, and the last. I, I freaked mom out the other day when I said Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta, Epsilon, Zeta, Eta, Theta, Iota, Kappa, Lambda, Mu, Nu, Zion, Grand Pi, Rho, Sigma, Ta, Phi, Chi, Psi, Omega. That's the Greek alphabet. So anyway, I happen to remember the Greek alphabet. This is weird, isn't it? Okay, but anyway. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come. Once again, I read reiterating the present tense nature of the person of christ in other words you and i my friend do not worship a dead savior somebody say amen we do not worship 
a thought. We do not worship an ideal. We do not worship a concept. He's real. He is real. And he's right here. Somebody say amen. So we, he was, who was, is, was, and is to come. The Almighty, the beginning and the end. But notice this, the beholding of the church. Behold, he is coming with the clouds. You know what it says to me? It says to me that as children of God, we need to think that Jesus is right around the corner. In other words, we should live every single day with this thought in mind. Jesus could come today. Right? And he could, amen? And we need to look to him always, understanding and expecting his return. Looking to the clouds, future tense. He is coming again. The first one was the present tense, and then we saw the past tense. And now we see this is in the future tense. He is coming again. There are a lot of uh, sects out there. there are sects. There are a lot of... Um, <laughs> be careful how you say some words, right? Uh, groups out there that, um, that, that, you know, deny the physical uh, return of Christ. Um, yeah, am I turning red? Um, and, uh, but, but listen, if you don't believe in the physical bodily return of Christ, I don't believe you can say you believe the word of God. Amen. He is coming again. And he's coming again. He is coming soon. Amen. He, the future tense, he is coming again. All the tribes of the earth, it says, will wail on account of him. Have you ever thought about what that means? All the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. What, what do you think that means? What do you think the, the revelator is saying at this point? They're cry out. Yeah, wailing is crying out. But why? They're lamenting because they missed it? Is they're afraid? I think those are true, but I think there's also another element. Watch this. We see it in Zechariah chapter 12 and verse 10. Here's what it says. And I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and pleas for mercy, so that when they look on me on whom they have pierced, so obviously it's, it's prophesying forward to the, to the, to the crucifixion, on whom they have pierced, they shall mourn for him as one mourns for an only child and weep bitterly over him as one who weeps over a firstborn. So are you with me? I think at the moment that Jesus Christ returns, the revelation is going to be so crushing for those who have denied his first coming and therefore denied his second coming and therefore are lost without him. Yes, there's going to be the anguish and the gnashing of teeth and the, and the overwhelming sorrow that I missed it and lament. But also because of the reality of who he is and how glorious he is and how loving he is and how incredible he is and what he did for you and for me, they'll not only say, I mourn because I miss it, they'll wail because of him and having lost the opportunity to be with him as we would wail or mourn for a lost child. So there's going to be genuine grieving in the hearts of people because they missed who Jesus is. Now think about that. Should have listened. Yeah, we, we think about it. 
They will weep bitterly over him as one who weeps over a firstborn. And then we fast forward to Philippians chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. So that in the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's coming a day when every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? And in that time, they will mourn. They will wail. Because not only did they miss it, but they'll realize that they did not understand who he was. The God of this world had their eyes blinded, and they could not see. So in other words, you and I need to keep our eyes on him, look to him, and point others to him. I've got a, 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 an experiment I want you to try it sometime. Go downtown or somewhere, mall, or somewhere where there's a lot of people, okay, walking around, milling around. And go, somewhere, go in there and just stop and look up and just stand there staring what will people do? They'll come by and they'll go, what are, you looking at? What, what, is that? What, are they, what are they looking at? What's going on? Listen, if you and I keep our eyes toward the eastern sky, if you and I keep our eyes on Jesus, if we look to him, guess what? It automatically will direct others to look at him as well. See, it's not just about saying the right things and telling people they're condemned and all this stuff. It's about looking with anticipation toward the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and with the excitement of a life lived in service to Him and the excitement in a life lived with the excitement of His coming, it's going to draw and point others to Him as well. Keep looking up. Amen, church? Keep your eyes on the prize. Identified by Christ. Jesus is, watch this, the blessing of the church. He is the brokenness of the church. And Jesus is the beholding of the church. So what does that mean for us? What does that mean for us in order to be a church that matters? We need to be identified by him and in him. And identified in him because we recognize that he is the blessing of the church. So we, the church, to be a church that matters, need to be the blessing of Christ to our community. See, it's not just about sitting here comfortably understanding and recognizing and being grateful for the blessing that he is to us. We need to in turn then be the blessing him to the community around us. Are you with me? So we need to be the blessing of Christ to our community. And then secondly, we need to be the brokenness of Christ to our community. What in the world do we mean by that? Listen, to live a life of brokenness means to live a life of humble servitude and a life that says, I am not number one, others are. And folks, it's in statements like this, I thank God so much that I don't have to have it down in order to say it. How hard is it to live this way? But the world needs to see. They don't need to see believers looking down on them because we understand and you don't. 
The world needs to see believers who look on others with grief and brokenness because they are lost. And our hearts mourn for them. To be a church that matters, we need to be the blessing of Christ to our community. We need to be the brokenness of Christ to our community. And then finally, we need to be the beholding, the guide, the pointer of Christ to our community. Look to Him. When we look to Him, others will look to Him. When we focus on the cross, others will see the cross. When we focus on the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and His love for us, others will be focused on the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and His love for them. Amen? To be a church that matters, we need to be all those things church that matters being Christ to our community I invite you to stand what does this passage tell you what does this concept say to you it says to me that there are a lot of things that compete for attention for, yeah, for attention. But outside of Christ, there is nothing more important than Him. We want to matter? We want to be a blessing to our community? We want to be a church that matters? We need to be identified by Christ. In other words, I don't want people to look at us and say, oh, those are Christians. Well, I love others to look at us and say, those are genuine Christ followers. We look at them, we see someone different. We look at them, we see Christ. Amen? We'll make a difference and we'll matter. have been listening to the Grace Point Church podcast. To listen to more sermons from Pastor Ben Hill, you can subscribe to this podcast, watch past sermons on our YouTube page, or watch live on Sunday mornings on our Facebook page. You can also follow us on social media through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. All of these links are accessible on our website at www.gracepointsc.org. That is www.gracepointsc.org. If you like what you hear from Grace Point Church Podcast, give us a rating or comment on your podcast platform if they allow. For Pastor Ben Hill and Grace Point Church, I'm James Hicks. Thank you for listening.